Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Monday, November 5th, 2018. Broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. On today's show, I will react to all of Week 9 in the NFL, including the Patriots' big win over the Green Bay Packers on Sunday Night Football. Also, as free agency in Major League Baseball begins, I have a few thoughts on a couple of the big names that will be available in free agency and where I think they will end up. Uh, The GM meetings in Major League Baseball will take place this week, so uh, I will always keep an eye on the Major League Baseball offseason, so I'll share some thoughts on that today. Also, Floyd Mayweather's fighting again. I'll tell you who he's fighting against when that will take place, where that will take place, and maybe why it's taken place. I'll react to that. And I even have some thoughts on the WWE to close out the show. I do WWE on this show every once in a while. They just had an event called Crown Jewel over the weekend, and that was supposed to, I guess, get us ready for Survivor Series. It was kind of a controversial event, which was held in Saudi Arabia. But, um... I'll close out the show with some thoughts on that. All of it today presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK, P-I-C, at DraftKings. You can draft a new team every week with no season-long commitments, and I am on to Week 10 in the NFL on my DraftKings app, and you should be too. So sign up right now for the $1.25 million play action contest for Sunday's Week 10 slate. $1.25 $1.25 million in total prizes with $100,000 going to first place. Just pick your team and follow the action live on your DraftKings app. And again, play in this contest for free by signing up using promo code PIC, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. Today's show is also presented by BetOnline. Sign up today at betonline.ag and use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% welcome bonus. That's promo code PODCAST1 for a 50% welcome bonus with college football, the NFL, the NBA, and the NHL all underway. This is the perfect time to make your online wages at betonline.ag and take full advantage of the best bonuses in the business. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts and also the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet, BetOnline.ag. So welcome to the show as we roll right into the holiday season. I'm already seeing Christmas commercials on TV. The first one I saw was a LeBron James commercial. I think it was a Sprite commercial, but it was a Christmas commercial. Does it matter who it's from? It doesn't. It's a Christmas commercial already in early November. So uh, before you know it, we'll be talking about Thanksgiving Day football. Before you know it, we'll be talking about that Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, uh, one versus one matchup in golf. However you want to describe that head-to-head play. Um, uh, what is that going to be on pay-per-view, right? Is that what it is? I, I forgot what the details were, but that is Thanksgiving weekend. We'll be talking about that stuff before you know. Before you know it, we'll be talking about postseason football. We'll be talking about the NFL playoffs. And um, I'll tell you one thing that's not going to happen. I'll tell you one thing that we're not going to see at the end of the NFL playoffs in the Super Bowl. 
on February 3rd in Atlanta. One thing we're not going to see is the Patriots and the Green Bay Packers because the Packers might not even make the playoffs. Green Bay might not even make the playoffs. They lose to the Patriots on Sunday Night Football, and you look at Green Bay right now, all this talk about Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. I mean, Aaron Rodgers might not even get the Packers into the playoffs this year. The Packers now have to lose into the Patriots on Sunday night on NBC. Green Bay is now 3-4-1. and one. It's a 3-4-1 and one record. They're in third place in the NFC North. Minnesota won their game yesterday on Sunday. They're 5-3-1. Minnesota's in second place to the first place Chicago Bears, who whooped the Buffalo Bills, and I told you that was going to happen. Chicago now 5-3. So Green Bay, I mean, they're going to have to win their division. They're not winning a wild card. Right now at 3-4-1, Green Bay's not winning a wild card. They're just not. They're 0-4 on the road. They can't win uh, on the road. And so you're not going to get into the playoffs like that. So uh, the Packers are in trouble. The Patriots are not. It's one of the top stories, really, because NBC made this. Uh, and I know, I get it. I understand the importance of Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady, mainly because we don't we don't see it all that often, right? We don't we don't really see it ever. And I think a lot of people in the last I don't know eight to ten years have actually predicted a Patriots Packers. Brady versus Rogers Super Bowl. I've done it before. I might have done it multiple times, and it's never happened. And it's not necessarily because the Patriots hadn't made the playoffs. It's excuse me, hadn't made the Super Bowl. It's because Green Bay hadn't made the Super Bowl. So that is a prediction that a lot of people have, and we ne- we've never seen it. And so when you get that matchup in the regular season, it's obviously a top story. But NBC went above and beyond the the national game of the week. They went above and beyond. They did this whole, and I tweeted this out before the game, and I saw it right before the game for the first time. Um, They did this whole video montage with Michael Jordan narrating it, and they had a couple shots of MJ talking into the camera. And and Michael Jordan's narrating it, and he's saying, head-to-head, Packers, Patriots, we'll find out tonight who the GOAT is, who the greatest of all time is. And... And, and so they ran with that. Like, who's the greatest of all time, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? And I tweeted out, I, I guess I don't understand. Like, does NBC, I know they have to hype it up. But you can, I think you can hype this up without having a greatest of all time conversation, right? Because the greatest of all time conversation in this specific situation is not very factual. Is anybody, do people out there talk about Aaron Rodgers as, as being the greatest of all time? Do they? I mean, if they do, they obviously don't watch football in February, <laughs> right? I mean, in order to be put, in my opinion, even in the conversation, you have to have multi, I mean, you need to be somebody that has dominated more than once, has won more than one Super Bowl, and in fact, in my opinion, maybe you have to win more than two Super Bowls to be in that conversation. You know, when you have guys that have won two, three Super Bowls out there, how can you put a guy who's only won one Super Bowl in the conversation of greatest of all time? That doesn't make any sense to me. And that's not to say that Aaron Rodgers hasn't been a great quarterback in his career. 
You can be a great player in the National Football League and not be in the conversation of greatest of all time. Like, can you not? You can. Aaron Rodgers has had a great career. But he is not, in my opinion, in the conversation of greatest of all time. So for NBC to put this video montage together and and to really create this storyline as if the winner of this game on Sunday night in week nine of the regular season between the Patriots and the Packers at Gillette on Sunday night football, to say that the winner of that game would then officially be crowned the greatest of all time is, I mean, it's ridiculously stupid. It's a ridiculously stupid storyline. It's almost as if they think we're all idiots. I get it. They got to pump it up. People on Twitter are coming to me like, well, you, you know, they have to They have to do this. The producers know, but they have to. Well, you know what? I've I've run across some dumb producers, okay? And um, I, <laughs> I get that they have to pump it up, but I also think they're insulting people's intelligence. I really do. I think they're insulting people's intelligence. I, I felt like my intelligence was insulted with, with that whole video montage. If I was Michael Jordan, I mean, how much did they pay him for that? <laughs> because if I'm Jordan and they hand me the script and it's like, hey, you got to read this off and this is what we're doing, this is what we're talking about. I mean, doesn't Jordan, somebody who's obviously in the conversation of greatest of all time in his sport, um, doesn't he look at that and go, wait a minute, you you mean to tell me you, you want me to read this? narrate this as if maybe I think if Aaron Rodgers wins this game, he's the greatest of all time. (laughs) Like, it's just so stupid. Aaron Rodgers is not in that conversation. I wish people would stop even mentioning him in that conversation. All right? Uh, But they did it. They did the whole montage. And look, the Patriots beat the Packers in the game. 31-17. If you want to just get away from that stupid storyline of putting Aaron Rodgers in the greatest of all time discussion. Get away from that and just get into this game and what it means to this week and what it means to this season. Uh, A couple storylines jump out at you from this game. One, I mentioned it off the top, it doesn't look like Green Bay is going to make the playoffs. (laughs) 3-4-1. The Patriots, they win their sixth straight. They're now 7-2, obviously in sole possession of first place in the AFC East. Miami, they win their game. Over the weekend, they beat the Jets. I didn't see a single highlight from that game. I don't know if there was a highlight from that game. But the Dolphins are 5-4. and four. Patriots are going to win their division. Again, they're 7-2. and two. They win 31-17. They do it without Gronk. No Gronk. All right, he did not play. He's banged up. No Sony Michelle. He did not play. He's banged up. They even lost James White with an injury. But the next man up philosophy works once again as Cordell Patterson or Codarrell Patterson, however you want to pronounce that. Uh, Codarrell Patterson, the next man up at running back. He steps in, has a heck of a drive, and um, the Patriots win this game after it was tied 17-17 in the fourth quarter. A fumble by Green Bay, a turnover by the Packers late in the third quarter, gave the Patriots the ball back because Green Bay was driving. Patriots get the ball back, and they scored a touchdown. That turnover turns out to really be the the difference maker in this one. It was the turning point. Patriots drove down, took a 24-17 lead, and then a little bit later on in that fourth quarter, 
a Josh Gordon 55-yard touchdown reception as Tom Brady uses his eyes to sort of fake a little dump-off screen to the left side and then go a little bit deeper down the left side to Josh Gordon for a 55-yard touchdown pass. And really, the game was over at that point. Josh Gordon, five catches for 130 yards. And Tom Brady becomes the first NFL player with 80,000 total yards, regular season and postseason, as he passes Peyton Manning. So Tom Brady, 80,000 total yards. Patriots win 31-17. I love how they open this game up. No huddle, up-tempo. Nobody can beat the Patriots like that. I talked about, you know, the game against Buffalo on Monday night last week. I felt like they didn't do that at all. They they didn't go no huddle, up-tempo at all. And I don't know if they're doing that to game plan for the for the next game, right? If if they're basically trying to tell Green Bay like, hey, we're not gonna we're not gonna do that anymore. We're not gonna go no huddle up tempo anymore. And first possession of the game, that's all you do, and you catch them off guard. Green Bay had no answer to that. No answer to that. You know, it's easy for us to say, well, they should do it all game, every game. Eh, I mean, these guys are humans, and you know, humans do get tired even if they're professional athletes. So it does it does kind of take a toll on you. So you can't, I understand you can't do the up-tempo, no huddle, all game, every game. I get it. But you can do it every once in a while. I would like to think in every game. And it just goes to show when they do utilize that type of offense, like they did in the first possession against Green Bay, which led to an early touchdown. And the other team can't stop it. Packers couldn't stop it. Green Bay was not going to beat the Patriots, even when this game was tied 17 up, even before the fumble, even before the Green Bay fumble at the end of the third, I never felt scared that, I just did, I never feared that this was going to be a game the Patriots lose. I was not scared of that. Uh, I never thought they would lose again. So, they win, and now, Patriots look ahead to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, This will be in Tennessee. Week 10, Sunday at 1 o'clock on CBS. As of right now, the Patriots do not have any more national TV games on Sunday Night Football or Monday Night Football or Thursday Night Football. I mean, I think maybe they could get another Sunday Night game if they're flexed into it. Or is that deadline passed? I don't. I never know the flex deadline and when they can flex in or when they can flex out. I, I'm pretty sure we've seen some flexed in at the last minute. Like a week and a half before a game, right? I don't, I don't know the deadline on that. I don't know the deadline. Um, but as the schedule looks right now, Patriots, they'll have the bye in two weeks in week 11. So they have one more game before the bye. But as it looks right now, the Patriots do not have any more national TV games. I think it's something to keep an eye out for. And you might be listening to the show maybe on Tuesday. I'm recording on Monday morning. But something to keep an eye out for. If you are listening on Monday... The Monday night game here in week nine, week nine will conclude with the Cowboys hosting the Tennessee Titans on Monday night football. The Cowboys are four and a half point favorite as I record this against Tennessee. Uh, The Titans enter the game having lost three straight. Dallas enters this game having lost one of their own. But uh, I think something to keep an eye out for is Tennessee already looking ahead to their Super Bowl, which is a game... Against the Patriots. That's his Super Bowl. Next week. Will they be looking ahead? And since it's in Dallas, you know, can the Cowboys take advantage of that? Pro- they probably will. That's probably how this thing's going to go down. Tennessee is already looking ahead to next week because that's his Super Bowl. And they'll lose again. 
and lose their fourth straight. However it goes down, we'll be looking ahead to Patriots-Titans in Week 10. And again, you get the bye after that. Then you get the Jets, then the Vikings, then the Dolphins, then the Steelers, the Bills, and the Jets. And uh, can the Patriots run the table? That's really the question. I think they can. I think they can run the table. I think the toughest game is probably going to be, you know, that game in Pittsburgh is going to be tough, obviously. Obviously. In week 15. 425 CBS. It's actually the same exact week, the same exact time, the same exact place as when they played Pittsburgh last, last, last season, last year. Week 15 in Pittsburgh, 425, right? Same thing. Same exact thing. And it was a tough game. And it'll be a tough game again. But I do think maybe the game at home against Minnesota could be the toughest. 425 on Fox. That is in week 13. Two weeks after the bye. But uh, could the Patriots run the table? Yeah, they could. I mean, they're going to have to if they want the one seed. Because I don't know who Kansas City's losing to. Kansas City wins again. They're 8-1. and one. The only chance I think Kansas City loses is against the Rams in two weeks on Monday Night Football. I think that's the, that's the only game, I think. When you look at Kansas City in two weeks, it'll be, it'll be in Kansas City, though. It'll be in Kansas City, though. So maybe they won't lose that game, which I guess brings me to the, you could say, the top story in the NFL through Week 9 now. And the top story from Week 9 was the Rams losing. They were the only undefeated team. And now they're they're not undefeated. There's no more undefeated teams. Rams lose to the Saints. So the Rams now are 8-1. No undefeated teams remain. The Saints are a team to keep an eye out for because they're 7-1. After losing their Week 1 game in the Tampa Bay, the Saints have won seven straight. I mean, I look at that game and I'm watching it going, what happened to the Rams' defense? You know, I picked the Rams to win that game. And in fact, the Rams were my only loss for picks picks. So I went four and one with my picks in week nine, which gives me four points in the podcast one Sportsnet Challenge. The problem I have in this Sportsnet Challenge is that I look around and a lot of people went five and oh or four and one. I don't think anybody did worse than four and one. In week nine, it's disappointing in that. But with my season, my season totals personally, I'm now 31 and 14 on the season through nine weeks. 31 and 14 is my record. It's pretty good. Just picking money line, picking straight up winners. But the Rams were my only loss in week nine. It wasn't my lock of the week. I got my lock of the week right with Chicago over Buffalo. I told you it was one of those weeks where I look around and I'm like, eh, who's Buffalo playing? I need a lock of the week. Who's Buffalo playing? <laughs> And they're playing, they're playing Chicago. I told you, I knew how that one was going to go down. Nathan Peterman would come in as the quarterback for Buffalo, which he was. And he'd throw a couple interceptions, which he did. Chicago whoops the Bills. That one was in Buffalo, right? Yeah, the Bills had their Super Bowl the week before against the Patriots on Monday night. They weren't showing up for this game. Not with Peterman as the quarterback. Chicago won. It's my lock of the week. My other wins were Atlanta over Washington. As high as I've been on Washington this year, I told you before the season they'll win that division. I told you Washington will win the NFC East. They're still in first place at 5-3. and three. Um, I'm high on Washington. I just didn't think they were going to win this game against Atlanta. Atlanta, no, I didn't, think that, I didn't think Washington would beat Atlanta. So I picked Atlanta. I took Kansas City over Cleveland, which, hap- which Kansas City beat Cleveland. 
Uh, Minnesota over Detroit. I told you to take Minnesota. Minnesota won. Detroit, they trade Golden Tate. You know, they got some issues. They obviously have given up. <laughs> you know, you may, it's really anybody's fight in the NFC North, but you trade Golden Tate, and they're basically like, all right, we're done. I don't understand that. But, uh, yeah, they gave up in the season with that trade, and Minnesota took advantage of it. And the Vikings win. And I went 4-1. and one. And again, my record on the season, 31-14. and 14, But my only loss was the Rams. I don't know what happened to their defense. But uh, you got instead of sitting here knocking the Rams' defense, why don't we give credit to the Saints? They look, Saints look good. They, their receivers are making big plays. The only thing you can't do is you can't pull out a cell phone and, and get penalized for it. Now, hey, it didn't cost them the game. How much time do you want to spend on it? But Michael Thomas pulls out the, the flip phone. And, uh, you know, trying to go back in time with that celebration, uh, you can't have, you can't do it. I mean, you can't do it. It's stupid. You know you're getting penalized for it, right? You know you get. Uh, he might have thought the game was over at that point, so he said, hey, let's do it, let's dance, let's roll at it. It's not, yeah, I'll get penalized, but it's not going to hurt us because we're winning the game. Anything can happen in this league. Anything can happen. You can't afford to do that. Not in, no. Maybe if you're up four touchdowns, you, you could, I just, it was stupid. It was stupid. Well, Saints win the game. But uh, they have so many weapons on offense that, you know, Kamara is the type of player that is just, you can't stop him. And if you try to stop him, you're going to open up, open up their offense in their passing game for Breeze with, with some other guys. And and if if the Saints defense, they added Eli Apple, I mean, if the Saints defense is going to do anything average, it's we're going to see the Saints in the Super Bowl. They're going to beat the Rams again. You know, the Rams, I think, were just asking, hey, if you de- can the defense just slow them down a little bit? And they couldn't. And they couldn't. So, uh, you know, those are the top storylines in Week 9. But right now, the Saints are looking like the best team in the NFC. I still, I still wouldn't. I'm still not going to rule out the Rams. I mean, I picked the Rams before the season to go to the Super Bowl. I told that Jared Goff would be an MVP candidate, which he is, and he will be when it's all said and done. But, um, you know, I wouldn't rule out the Rams. It's just that head-to-head tiebreaker is huge. And right now, the Saints own it. Right now, the Saints are the one seed because they own that tiebreaker, the head-to-head. They beat the Rams. And if, you know, if that game is in New Orleans, you know, if you're talking about an NFC championship game between the Saints and the Rams and it's in New Orleans, that could be the difference. That place was loud and it will be even louder in the NFC championship. And I wouldn't put my money on the Rams if that game's going to be in New Orleans. Now, if that game's going to be in, in LA, you know, if somebody can sneak up on the Saints and beat the Saints and the Rams on the table, uh, you look at the New Orleans Saints schedule. They go to Cincinnati, at home against Philly, at home against Atlanta. They're in Dallas. Then they're in Tampa Bay, at Carolina. So you got three tough road games in three consecutive weeks at Dallas, at Tampa Bay, at Carolina. And I say the game at Tampa Bay is tough only because it's a divisional game. And you know how this league is with divisional games, especially on the road. You know it. We can shit on Tampa Bay all we want right now. But you know that game on December 9th at 1 o'clock in Tampa Bay is not going to be a walk in the park for, for New Orleans. It's not. It's not. 
and it's a game smack dab in the middle of three straight road games. So that's not going to be an easy game. So I'm not going to rule out that the Rams end up being the one seed in the NFC right now, even though as we speak, New Orleans is the one seed with the same record um, as, as the Rams, right? And New Orleans owns the tiebreaker. I'm not going to rule out the Rams as the one seed in the NFC. I'm not. Because you then have to go to the Rams schedule. And you have to see what they're up against. And uh, they're at home against Seattle. Then they play Kansas City. Uh, it's the Kansas City game. If, they, if, if, if the Rams beat Kansas City, which they could, then the Rams are going to finish the season with only one loss. Okay, and then I think it'll it'll really just be on New Orleans. Will you be able to run the table as well? Uh, but really, the maybe the game of the year now moving forward is going to be Rams Chiefs in two weeks in Kansas City on Monday Night Football. That might just be the game game of the year, the rest of the way. So um, we'll keep an eye on that, obviously. But that is Week Nine in the National Football League. Uh the Patriots. Another W. My picks, I went 4-1. and one. My DraftKings, got to have him play, was okay. I gave you Cam Newton. I told you, you got to have Cam Newton in your DraftKings lineup for the Sunday afternoon slate. He got you 21 points in a Carolina win over Tampa Bay. Um, you'd think that maybe 42 points, you score Cam Newton would have more than 21 points, but he only had 21 DraftKings points. So with all that, we move on from Week 9. And uh, I'll get into Week 10 on Thursday as the Patriots play the Tennessee Titans. And I'll try to continue my hot streak with my picks. Almost at an undefeated week. I needed the Rams to win that game. They couldn't get it done. So we move on. Uh, Usually this is the time of the show on Monday where I give you the shoulda, coulda, woulda. But this is Pete's segment. This is producer Pete's segment. And he's not here once again for the third straight week. So, um, I mean, what's the point in continuing his segment if he's not going to be here? I'm not going to do it. So we'll move on from that. And I'll move on to Major League Baseball. I told you off the top that I have some thoughts on the Major League Baseball offseason. You know, I'm big into Major League Baseball in the offseason. The winter meetings will be December 9th through the 13th. The GM meetings are this week. And I know they will be discussing the story that I broke during the ALCS, which was the Houston Astros spy. They will be discussing that story as well as some other rules situations in in the game. But what I'll be focusing on are the rumors, the juicy rumors here the next couple months. The free agents, the potential trades. I'll get to the Red Sox in a moment. But the two biggest names out there are going to be Bryce Hopper and Manny Machado. These are the two biggest names. And... If you're asking me who the better free agent of the two is, then I think you know where I'm going to go with that. I mean, you know how I feel about Manny Machado. One, I think he's a punk. We've continued to see that. We, we saw it with the slide into Dustin Pedroia, and then we've continued to see it the last two seasons, and even this past postseason we've seen him. So Manny Machado's a punk. He's a great player. But, you know, I question if you give Manny Machado all this money, I question what his motivation is going to be after he gets the money. I just think that a team is going to give Manny Machado a huge deal, and I think they're going to regret it because I think this is somebody that 
He even told us in a post-game press conference in the postseason after he didn't run out a, a, a ball at first base, he didn't run out a, a play at first base, which he hits an infield ground ball, he said after the game, well, I'm not Johnny Hustle. I'm not known to be Johnny Hustle. That's what he said. He literally is telling people that if you give me the big money, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna be Johnny Hustle for you. So why would you give him the money? Now somebody will because again he's 26 years old and he's a superstar player in this league. I just question if you give Manny Machado the money in a long-term deal. You know, at what point are you gonna regret giving him that deal? So I w- I wouldn't give it to him personally, but I would give it to Bryce Hopper. So who's the better free agent of the two? To me, they're both 26 years old. Bryce Hopper, and it's not even to me, it's not even a discussion. That's not to say Machado isn't going to get paid. I think he will. And if I'm looking at the suitors from Machado, I think it's the obvious ones: the Dodgers because he was just there. Uh, I think you have to look at the Yankees because they're the Yankees, and you know they're going to be involved somehow with some conversations with a big name free agent. So obviously the Yankees are an option, and maybe Miami, you know, the Marlins. I, you know, they just got rid of Giancarlo Stanton last offseason, and uh, I think if you're Derek Jeter, you know, you, you might want to not do this type of move, but if you do have money to spend, he is a home, he would be considered maybe a homegrown talent. He's from Miami. Um... You know, maybe it's just a move you make to try to get butts back in the seats. Maybe you regret the Stanton trade. I don't I don't know what they're thinking in Miami, but I'm going to throw them out there as an option. I'm going to throw them out there. In fact, if I had to put my money on it, I'd, and I'm not saying I'd do this if I'm Jeter. I'm not saying I'd do this if I'm the Marlins, but if I had to put money on it, I think Manny Machado actually ends up in Miami. That's where I would put my money on him ending up, in Miami. Um, which again, I don't think that's going to be a deal that they're going to look back on and say, oh, great, this was, this helped us win. Because I'm not so sure that Manny Machado really cares about that, to be honest with you. If, if he did, he wouldn't be telling people he's not Johnny Hustle. So uh, you instead, you would just be out there hustling, trying to win, keeping it competitive. He's not going to do that. But if, I, if you put a gun to my head and say, where does Manny Machado end up? I'd say Miami. That's where I'd say. Bryce Hopper is a different, is a different, you know, he does, He didn't hit for average last year. I mean, he's still going to hit you 35, 40 home runs with 100 RBIs. That's what he's going to do. He's going to have an OPS of 1,000. I mean, it, Bryce Hopper to me is still a stud, even though his average didn't show it last year. Um, and it's funny to me when people look at the average and they're like, oh, look what he hit. He's not going to get the big money. It's like, what? Are you kidding me? He's 26. He's up there. Yeah, he strikes out a lot, but he's going to get a huge contract. Where's he going to get it? He's a right fielder. Can he play left field? Yeah, I think he could play left field. If he could play left field, I'm telling you right now, the Yankees are going to come calling. They they are. They're going to come calling. I mean, think about Bryce Hopper taking hacks at Yankee Stadium. If you're the Yankees organization, is your mouth not watering thinking of Hopper even just making contact and balls just kind of sailing into... He's just a pup fly for Hopper with that swing as a left-handed hitter at Yankee Stadium. I mean, come on. You wouldn't give him a huge contract? They might. And they tell him, you know what? Play left field. Right? Why wouldn't they do it? That's, so that's a... I think that's going to be an option. 
Bryce Hopper could end up in pinstripes. I'll hate to see it, but it's I think it's a realistic option. The Dodgers, obviously, they'll be in the discussion. The Cubs, right? The Cubs will be an option. Chris Bryant, Bryce Hopper, aren't they childhood friends? This is Bryce Hopper, you know, he's going to look at, a, at an organization like that. The Cubs, and the Cubs are going to look at him. You can't rule out him returning to Washington. I don't think that's going to happen, but you can't rule it out. Maybe the St. Louis Cardinals, weren't they in on Giancarlo Stanton and then he said, no, 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 I don't want to go to St. Louis? Didn't that happen? So you can't rule out St. Louis. And then I would say maybe keep an eye on a sneaky team like the Texas Rangers. Maybe. Right? They've been known to spend some money at times. Maybe this is the time they they want to throw a monster contract out and maybe sweep him off his feet and pull him away from a Yankees, a Dodgers, or a Cubs, or even a Cardinals organization. But Hopper to me is going to be the he's going to be the top dog. I think I, I really do. I, I think you he's just he's got it all, um, and and he's not out there telling people he's not Johnny Hustle. So to me, it's Bryce Hopper. Now I told you I was going to get to the Red Sox, and if I'm the Red Sox, you know, I'm I'm kicking the tires on everything, everything except Manny Machado. You don't need Machado. You got a nice. That, that infield for the Red Sox is a nice, nice infield. You got Xander Bogots at short, Rafael Devis, who's a stud at 22 years old at third base. You're not touching that. Manny Machado's not going to be. You, you, it, to me, the Red Sox don't kick the tires on Manny Machado, but they kick the tires on everything else, even Bryce Hopper. And you might say, well, Danny, where does Bryce Hopper fit on the Red Sox roster? If you have an outfield of Ben Attendee, Jackie Bradley Jr., Mookie Betts, and you already got J.D. Martinez as your D.H. Well, first things first. If you're the Red Sox, you obviously have to take into consideration that J.D. Martinez, as awesome as he was, you have this contract that after next season gives him the option to take off and leave town, to sign an even bigger deal with someone else while he's in his 30s. So you have to be... You have to recognize Martinez's contract, and they obviously will. And so you also have to recognize that, you know, I think it's easy for an organization to win a championship and say to yourself, well, we're going to stay put. We're going to bring everybody back, and we're going to be the same team that's going to win over 100 games next year, and everything's going to work out perfectly just like it did this year. No. You would... If you're funk, if you're Dave Dombrowski, and you're gonna function like that, then I got news for you: you're gonna fail. You, you, the organization's gonna fail. You're not gonna have success like that. You're gonna make some changes, and I'm not saying you clean house. I'm not saying that you know you everybody who's a free agent you let them walk. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you have to be open to any and all possibilities if it does mean breaking up some of the championship team. You have to. You have to. And part of that might be selling high. Selling somebody high. You know, everybody on the roster has a value. And I'd like to think that if you're in a front office, and hey, maybe this is my interview to be the next Red Sox GM on paper, to get that official GM on there. They don't have one. They have an assistant GM. I think they have a couple assistant GMs. And then they have president of baseball operations and Dave Dombrowski. Is this my interview? Maybe. Here's what I do. You got to get together. You have to sit down. 
and you have to place a certain value on every single guy. And you have to take the contract status, you know, the arbitration eligible players, uh, you know, the possibility of what their future holds, maybe in the next two to three years and beyond with the organization. You can factor in who their agent is. You have to factor in their age, all of these things, and come up with a value on each player. And when I look at value, for this Red Sox roster right now, I think, without question, a guy that is more value now than he might ever have in the for the rest of his career is Jackie Bradley Jr. And so the conversation, I think, internally in the Red Sox organization that needs to be had, maybe more than anything else, is where do we stand with Jackie Bradley Jr.? And where do we want to go with him moving forward? Do we think it can get better than this? Which means, will his value ever be higher than it is right now? And if you have a guy who, whose value will never be higher, who isn't necessarily the youngest cat in your organization, who's winning awards, ALCS, MVP, Gold Glove, um... You know, a guy that had all the big hits or a lot of big hits in the postseason and plays a position that I think a lot of teams covet. You know, you got, you got to be strong up the middle in this league. You know, what do you do with someone like Jackie Bradley Jr.? Isn't it, you, you just say to yourself, well, look what he did last year. We're going to bring him back. Well, if there's a guy out there in Bryce Hopper who's an outfielder, who's available, and you could just bring him in by signing a a check and you might need to open up a spot for him. If you're the Red Sox, would you be open to moving Jackie Bradley Jr.? If you're sitting there right now going, no, I wouldn't move Jackie Bradley Jr. in order to bring in Bryce Hopper as a free agent. I I think that you are a little too obsessed with the 2018 Red Sox. I, I, I get it. You... This team was great to watch. They were a fun team. They won 108 games. They rolled through the playoffs. Some people calling them the greatest Red Sox team of all time. I told you, I'm not calling them that. I'm not calling them that. Because I think if this Red Sox team in 2018, if they played a seven-game series against the 2004 Red Sox, this 2018 team would never close out the 04 Red Sox. They wouldn't close them out. They wouldn't eliminate the 04 Red Sox. So how could I call this team the greatest team of all time when I think the 04 team is? And, and always will be. So I'm not going there with 2018. They were a great team. Are they the greatest of all time? The numbers might show that. The win totals might show that. The, the way they got the results in the postseason might show that. But if I'm going to be realistic and match them up, knowing what each of those two teams brought to the table, especially in the postseason, I don't think there's any way the 2018 Red Sox would have closed out and finished off the 04 Red Sox. I just don't think so. I just don't think so. So, um, I don't think 2018 Red Sox are the greatest team of all time. But you might think they are, and that's fine. That's fine. But as an organization, if, you, if you're looking at all the contracts, you're looking at the value of certain guys, you're looking at Jackie Bradley's contract, you're looking at J.D. Martinez and saying, what if he leaves next year, next offseason, right? And what if Jackie Bradley Jr. just is really... 
What, what if there's no value for him after next season? And we lost Bryce Hopper to the Yankees. You know, wh- where are we going then? So, to me, Bryce Hopper should be in your conversations as an organization this offseason. As soon as, like, right now, if you're the Red Sox, free agency's begun. The GM meetings this week. Again, winter meetings December 9th to the 13th. If I'm Bryce Hopper, I'm not... I'm not making any rash decisions. I'm not rushing to sign with a team right now. You know, I might wait till after the winter meetings. I might wait to get the rumors out there of what is being offered. You know, try to drive up the price even more than you're already probably trying to drive it up right now and have been behind the scenes trying to drive it up the last couple of years. But if I'm the Red Sox, I'm, I'm just telling you I'm in on Bryce Hopper. And you might say, well, there's no room for him. If I'm the Red Sox, I say, well, guess what? I'll make room. I'll, I'll look at the value of certain guys. I'll have to look at the future of this organization, what other guys might do. J.D. Martinez might leave. Jackie Bradley Jr., his value is never going to get higher. Here's, here's what I would do. And I know you might tell me this is a video game move. I told you I would have done this last season, not 2018, 2017, in the middle of the year, I brought this trade up to you. And I, I do think when I look at Major League Baseball trades that have been made the last couple of years, I tell you, there's one guy that I just, I wanted the Red Sox to be in on. I thought they had the pieces to make it happen, and they never did it. Garrett Cole ended up going to Houston. But that's a trade, a kid in his mid to late 20s, who's a stud starting pitcher that I think the Astros are going to love Moving forward, I wanted the Red Sox to be in on him. But, you know, I told you a trade about, yeah, I, I said, Jackie Bradley Jr. and David Price. Move those two guys. See what you can get. Top prospect? Maybe a young starting pitcher? What can you get there for that? Like, what could you do? And would you be willing to make that same type of trade right now? And again, this is me putting my GM cap on. Things that I would do. And I get it. David Price is saying all the right things. He wants to stay. This is where he wants to be. He's not opting out. You know, I asked a question last week about the whole opt-out. David Price had the opportunity to opt-out. He shows up to the parade. He, before he gets on a duck boat, he says, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. Right, He continues to say the same thing for a couple days as they take the trophy around. They took the trophy to the Garden. They took it to Gillette Stadium on Sunday night. You know, they're, they're celebrating the championship, as they should. I told you David Price should have been named World Series MVP. He was that good. He was that good. He's saying all the right things. But I didn't expect him to show up to the parade knowing that he's going to continue to celebrate with his teammates and with the people of Boston, a World Series championship, I never expected him to show up saying, you know what, I'm opting out. I'm out. I'm out of here. Yeah, I won a World Series. It was nice knowing you, but I am gone. I don't expect him to say that. And I know you can try to tell me there's a deadline all you want. And the deadline was what, Friday afternoon? Or maybe Thursday night? They gave Kershaw the deadline, and then they extended him. Okay? But but it just goes to show you could extend that deadline. It's not a hard deadline. What's the deadline? Let's say even they made David Price sign on the dotted line. Yeah, guess what? I'm not opting out. I'm signing it. I'm signing it. Official. I'm here for the next four years. 
What if David Price and his agent went to the Red Sox next week and said, you know what? The champagne's dry. We had a good time celebrating, but uh, we've changed our mind. Maybe this is the best time that we pot ways. You know, David doesn't really want to have to deal with the media in Boston anymore. He wants to maybe go play somewhere else. He wants to see what's out there, maybe for a contract. Maybe, you know, yeah, he's got a nice deal here with the Red Sox, but maybe he can add a fifth or a sixtieth or something. Somebody will give him that. You know, what if they changed their mind and they went to the Red Sox? Would the Red Sox sit there and go, nope, you're, it. you're locked in for the next four years, buddy, whether you like it or not. Oh, are you going to be unhappy here? Oh, doesn't matter. We got you, big dog. You're not going anywhere. You think they'd say that? Oh, that to me, that would be a bad move. Now, I don't know that Price is going to do this. I don't know that Price is going to go to the Red Sox and tell him he's, he's had a change of heart. But it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. And I don't mean to make too big of a deal about a guy's hat that he's wearing during a celebration. And I was texting with some friends who actually were a big Red Sox fans and they didn't have a problem with it. They didn't have a problem with it. And that's, I think that's fine. You don't have to have a problem with it. I'm just telling you how I feel about this. And you might think, oh, Danny, you're being petty. You're being a little too petty here. This is, eh, this is a guy that has a deal with Jordan, right? He's got, you know, he gives all his teammates the Jordan cleats, the Jordan shoes as a gift. He's got a deal with them. He's promoting the product. So, over the weekend at the TD Garden, the Celtics are playing, and the Red Sox show up, and David Price is out there as one of the players. You had Chris Sale, you had a couple other guys, Alex Cora. David Price is wearing the Red Sox jersey. He's hoisting the World Series trophy, standing ovation, awesome moment. Good for him. I'm happy for David Price. I wanted him to pitch like this as a starting pitcher in the postseason. I told you he should have been named World Series MVP. I'm happy for him. But he's a Red Sox player who should have won World Series MVP, hoisting the World Series trophy as a Red Sox world champion at the TD Garden during a Celtics game. The hat he's wearing was a Jordan hat. But it was the Derek Jeter edition Jordan hat. (laughs) said, respect. And the S in respect is the number two, as in Derek Jeter's number two. It was a Derek Jeter hat. Didn't say Yankees on it, but when you think Derek Jeter, you don't think Jordan, you think Yankees. Derek Jeter is a Yankee. The Yankees are the Red Sox' biggest rival. It's arguably the biggest rivalry in the history of sports, these two organizations. We hate the Yankees. As much as I respect Derek Jeter, and as much as in Derek Jeter's last game, you remember that last game? Or maybe it was his last game at, it was his last game in Yankee Stadium. Right? He had the game-winning hit. Even somebody who hates the Yankees, I was up off my couch giving a little, giving a little clap for him. I was. That'll be the, the, the first and only time I do it. Um, actually, back in, what was it, 2000, was it 2003, regular season, Roger Clemens at Fenway, I was at that game, he got a standing ovation, he came back out of the dugout, touching his heart, 
It was supposed to be Clemens' final, you know, potentially final regular season game at Fenway. We know he went on to then play him in the playoffs. And then, then he went on to play uh, for the Houston Astros, you know, when Houston was still in the National League. Uh, all right. I clapped for a Yankee then, too. So I've clapped for a Yankee a couple times. I don't look to do that again. I certainly don't look for a Red Sox world champion to be wearing a Derek Jeter hat. And you again, you might tell me, Danny, you, you, oh, you're, you're being a little crazy right now. Take it easy. He's got to deal with Jordan. But you know what I did when I saw David Price with the Derek Jeter special on? When I saw that, I went to the Jordan website. I knew he was a... I knew he has a deal with Jordan. And I searched hats. Jordan hats. There's like 200 Jordan fucking hats. Okay? He could have worn any Jordan hat. He could have worn any hat. And he could have got it whenever he wanted. He's probably got 200 of them himself already in his house, in his possession. But he chose to wear the Derek Jeter hat. On a night that he's carrying the World Series trophy at the TD Garden at a Celtics game wearing a Red Sox jersey as the guy who took the Red Sox really on his back and did what a lot of people in this town thought he would never be able to do as a starting pitcher in the postseason. And he's wearing a Derek Jeter hat? That would That's the equivalent of, I don't know, if the Yankees had won it this year and CC Sabathia was at a... We'll say they show up at MetLife and CC Sabathia is wearing a, a, a David Ortiz or, or Pedro Martinez hat. Like, do you think that would happen? Like, I no. And do you think that Yankee fans would want to see that? Hell no. They don't want any Yankee player who's a champion hoisting the trophy wearing a, a hat that has to do with any Red Sox player. So guess what? I don't want any Red Sox champion wearing a hat that has to do with any Yankee player, even if it's a Yankee legend. Even if that Yankee legend now owns another organization in the Miami Mounds. Sorry. Awful look, I thought. I hated seeing that. That pissed me off over the weekend. That pissed me off. I, I don't get that. You can say I'm petty all you want. Good. Fuck you. That is, you would never see, I'm telling you right now, you would never see a Yankee player, if that was, if the, if the shoe was on the other foot, you'd never see a Yankee player wearing a, uh, a piece of clothing that is a special edition piece of clothing to a Red Sox legend. You wouldn't see it. It's stupid. He could have worn any hat. He wears a Derek Jeter hat. Oh my God. This guy, I like, I. It's another reason why. It's just, you know, it's not the... I'm not sitting there saying they should trade David Price because he's wearing a Jeter hat. Don't put words in my mouth. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying when you factor in everything, you know, you're stepping in front of Dennis Eckersley on a team plane. Like, Dennis Eckersley... I mean, you saw how... You saw Eckersley in one of the games in LA. He's throwing the first pitch. (laughs) Guess who's catching it? Kirk Gibson. I mean... This guy, Dennis Eckersley, if he's if he's not the most likable major league ball player ever, he's the second most likable. And David Price steps in front of him on the team plane of a criticism, which wasn't even really criticism. Like, talk about a guy in Dennis Eckersley 
Yeah, sometimes he tells it like it is, but it's like he's not. What did he say that was that bad? Again, you can go back to all of it. You can go back to the the post-game press conference. After he wins the World Series, he's like, I got the trump card now. Who's holding it now? You guys held it. You played that card well, but you can't use it anymore. You can't use it anymore. So what is he telling us? What's Price telling us? He wins the championship, and the first thing he sends to everybody is basically, hey, guess what? If we go to the playoffs next year and I suck as a starting pitcher, you can't say anything to me because I'll just throw it right back in your face next year and I'll say, guess what? I want a World Series for you. Like, that's basically what he's saying. Doesn't matter what I do moving forward. I already won you a title. I got that trump card now. You can't use it anymore, even if I do suck next year. Not only does, does maybe maybe I could suck next year and I'll, I'll throw it right back in your face because I got the trump card, but I'm also going to wear a Derek Jeter hat as we parade the World Series trophy as a Red Sox champion around Boston. I'm going to wear a Jeter hat. I, just, oh, I thought it was a terrible look. And don't tell me, I mean, how are you not thinking of that as you put it on? I think he was just trolling, but it's like, who, what, are you, what are you trolling? Who are you trolling? What's your problem, dude? What's your issue here? Again, you don't, he doesn't understand. All anybody wants him to do is win. He finally won. I'm happy for the guy. We're happy for the guy. And he's like throwing it in everybody's face. And, you know, I'm not saying that's why you trade him. I'm saying that's why I'm not convinced he actually does want to be here for four more years. Because all this stuff is a sign that the, the criticism gets to him. Everything gets to him. He's a strange cat. He is. He's an awesome pitcher, man, but he's a strange bird. So, um, like, I don't know that he wants to be. He can say all he wants. I don't expect him to show up to the parade and everything telling people that he wants out. That would be an even worse look. So I didn't think he was going to do that. So does he want to be here? What if he changes his mind? And if you're the Red Sox, if you're the Red Sox, you got to look at value. You got to look at value. And maybe you look at things that you could have. Could you have Bryce Hopper? Well, you don't want to be paying David Price $31 million a year over the next four years, as well as maybe getting ready to give Chris Sale a big contract and give money to Bryce Hopper, because you also got some other kids who would do with big contracts. Mookie Betts, okay? He better get paid soon, right? Right? Before you stop pissing him off, if you haven't already. Um, <laughs> I mean, seriously. And look at the way Xander Bogarts keeps playing. You got to, you got to, Ben Attendee, you got to look at these kids. Sure. Sure. And I get it. You can't keep all of them. But is Hopper a guy you go after? And if you go after a Hopper, maybe you're looking at it going, well, we might lose J.D. Martinez. He might opt out next year. You know, David Price, if we're going to give money to Chris Sale, should we move? Should we consider moving David Price? Does he really want to be here? Are we going to get to a point? Next year, where he says to us, actually, guys, I don't want to be here anymore. Move me. Then what if he sucks next year and his value isn't that high? Then we're we're screwed. So do we entertain moving him now? Do you entertain moving David Price now? Do you entertain moving Jackie Bradley Jr. now? Because his value is never going to get higher. And do we do it with the purpose of maybe going all in on someone like Bryce Hopper? Moving Mookie to center, Bryce Hopper putting him in right, having Ben Attendee in left knowing that we might even lose J.D. Martinez next year. Again, these are conversations you have to have. Manny Machado, no, you don't have that combo. You don't have that conversation. You know, 
when it comes to the guys on the roster that you got to bring back, I don't, I just don't think they, I don't think Kimbrell's going to be back. I do think they bring Kelly back. Um, Evaldi might go get paid. But if you're making all these moves, again, I'm, I'm just playing the role of GM. I'm putting my GM cap on. This is what we do. This, to me, is the fun part of the Major League Baseball offseason. And if you've got some thoughts on what you do, you know, tweet it. Tweet it to me, at Danny Picard. If it's good enough, if it's not an idiotic take, then maybe I'll read it on the show. But, um, you know, these are things, if you're the Red Sox organization, you got to consider. And if I'm the Red Sox, I'm telling you right now, I am going to consider trading David Price. I'm going to consider trading Jackie Bradley Jr. I'm going to consider signing Bryce Hopper. Okay? If I'm moving Jackie Bradley Jr. I'm going to consider bringing Kelly back. And if I am going the route of trading David Price, then I'm going to consider signing Nathan Avaldi. Because it's not like Nathan Avaldi is going to get David Price money. But he's certainly going to get paid. You know, you look at some of the other guys on this roster and, you know, second base, where are you going there? Like, what's Dustin Pedroia's future? Um, You know, you win it. I get it. They won a championship and everybody wants to see the same team back. I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. And I don't think that. I don't necessarily think that you should bring the same team back. You should make some moves. But there are some big names out there that maybe you have to look ahead two or three years down the line and say, well, if we're going to lose a couple of players, do we go all in on someone like Hoppin now? I think the problem you would run into there is that Mookie Betts would probably be like, why wouldn't you pay me that money? Right? Why wouldn't you pay me that money? And if you're going to pay Mookie Betts that money, then... Would you be able to pay him and and Hopper? Is that the type of outfield that that is that the type of money that you're gonna dish out to two guys in your outfield? Um, you know, because you're already dishing out some some big money. But again, that gets into maybe move price, right? Maybe JD Martinez opts out next year. It's just it's something to think about. Bryce Hopper is 26 years old. To sit there and say, no, 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 you, you, don't, you don't consider signing him. You're already got money here, money there, money elsewhere. I think that would be a bad decision for a professional organization to just not even think about Bryce Hopper. I think they should think about him. <laughs> and if you got to make other moves to make it happen, I would do that. I really would. I would do that. <laughs> if you don't, he's probably going to be a Yankee. That's the other thing. It's probably going to be a Yankee. But, uh, again, this is the fun part. Major League Baseball offseason. We can discuss it all. I, I, I do think that keep an eye on some trade rumors. I don't think the Red Sox are going to just stay put. I don't. Nor do I think they should. If there's some major moves they can make out there. Looking ahead the next couple of years. So uh, that's what we have with the offseason. Again, I'll keep my eye on it. React to anything that does go down. And what else do we got here to wrap up the show? I did tell you, in the boxing world, or maybe MMA, we'll just call it in the fight game, we got a fight announcement. Kind of out of nowhere. Well, let me ask you this. Who wants to do New Year's Eve in Tokyo? You want to do New Year's Eve in Tokyo? If you do, there's a fight. And 
I don't know if you'll I don't know if you'll want to go out just to see this fight. I'd like to go to Tokyo at some point. And maybe this could just be a reason to to book the book the trip. And then you do other, some other things while you're out there. But Floyd Mayweather is fighting again. That's right. So much for the retirement. Fought McGregor. There were rumors that he was going to fight Pacquiao. Now he's, instead of Pacquiao, he is going to fight a 20-year-old kickboxing phenom. They're calling him a phenom. Everyone's calling him a phenom. Uh, I've heard of him. I've seen some highlights on YouTube. Tenshin Nasakawa is a 20-year-old kickboxer, 27-0, 21 knockouts in kickboxing, and in MMA, he's 4-0 with two knockouts. This fight, Mayweather and Nasukama, will take place at the Saitama Super Arena. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. The Saitama Super Arena, which seats 37,000. Nasukawa fights at 126 pounds. And if you know Mayweather, I believe he just fought McGregor at 154 last year. They fight at 154. Um, Mayweather usually fights around 147, right? I think that's that's his weight you, for the most part in his career, 147. And, and he towers over this kid. Mayweather towers over this kid. Tenshin Nasukawa is not a tall dude. And again, he fights at 126. Now, they've announced this fight. They had a press conference. They have not announced any rules. Like, will it be a boxing match? Will it be MMA? Will it be kickboxing? They have not announced a weight limit. They haven't announced the number of rounds. They haven't announced the broadcast information. They haven't told us what type of gloves they're going to wear. They didn't even give us the money. There's no money announced. And Mayweather usually is not quiet about the money. Like, he'll tell us how much he's getting paid. So I don't know any of the real details factually. My opinion on it is that there is, there is a 0.00 chance that Mayweather agreed to this if it was going to be anything other than a boxing match. There is a 0.00% chance this is a kickboxing fight. (laughs) This will not be kickboxing. This will not be MMA. This will strictly be boxing, using boxing gloves that Mayweather has to okay, or they'll just scrap the fight. Maybe that's why the money wasn't announced yet, because maybe Mayweather's not officially agreeing to it. Yeah, they did the press conference. But Mayweather's like, I'm not doing anything other than boxing. He's not going to say that publicly. But I can guarantee you, Mayweather will not fight this kid as small as this kid is. Go YouTube this kid, Nasukawa. He is like a real-life Street Fighter character. You ever play Street Fighter? Like, you see some of his knockouts? Little, like, spin, spin kicks? Like, I mean, he is a real-life Street Fighter character with, like, special moves with his feet. Uh, <laughs> I saw him knock one guy out. It was a spin and kick, and it was like an uppercut heel to the guy's chin that he threw at him so fast that I didn't even know if he actually hit him with anything. I didn't even know if he spun. I had to watch it multiple times. There's no way Mayweather's going to fight that kid if he's able to perform street fighter moves, okay? He's not going to agree to the Hadouken. Like, that's, he's not going to do that. <laughs> he's not. Because this kid, as small as he is, would brutally murder Mayweather with one of these kicks to the face. He would. Mayweather wouldn't be able to get out of the way of one of these. 
Kid's 20 years old. He's fast as lightning. Again, he's a real-life Street Fighter character. Mayweather's not getting involved in something like that. Not just at this stage in his career, ever in his life. So, uh, it's going to be a boxing match. That's basically it. They haven't announced that yet. I'm telling you, that's what it's going to be. If it's not, Mayweather won't end up fighting. Now, why is this happening? Well, there's a couple reasons. One, you got all these new promotions now. You know, Canelo just signed with DAZN, or whatever that is. Um, McGregor is out there looking for another fight. Who knows what he's kicking the tires on. I know he's got a contract with UFC still, but you know what? You never know. Like, is McGregor looking to... To, to, to do something in, in, in the boxing world. Maybe McGregor was looking to do something in Japan and Mayweather wanted to beat him to the punch. You know, I, the motives here are certainly interesting. But uh, what I do know is that I'm telling, I think Mayweather and McGregor are on a collision course to do something again. And maybe Mayweather is, is, is out there trying to, maybe he's trying to make it, Make a statement to McGregor. Say, guess what? I don't need you. I don't, you don't want to do anything with me? All right. You don't want to box again? All right. I don't need you. I can go all international right now. I'll go to Tokyo on New Year's. Fight this 20-year-old Street Fighter character. He's throwing spin kicks at me. Throwing Hadoukens at me. I don't need... McGregor, I don't need you. I don't need you. Who are you? You just lost to Khabib. Oh, I'll fight Khabib. Maybe I'll fight Khabib. I'll entertain that. <laughs> Remember that rumor? Not too long ago, he was going to fight Khabib. Mayweather's never going to fight Khabib. If he does, it's going to be, again, it's going to be a boxing match. Mayweather's never going to fight MMA. They're going to have to go fight him. If Khabib ever fought Mayweather in a boxing match, Khabib wouldn't stand a chance. Khabib wouldn't stand a chance. If Khabib can't take him down and wrestle him and try to choke him out, Khabib won't stand a chance. But Mayweather's doing all this stuff for the purpose. And I think... See, Mayweather knows where the biggest money is going to be. You know what that's going to be? A rematch against McGregor. Mayweather knows the biggest moneymaker is a rematch with McGregor. That's it. And I think maybe McGregor is a little hesitant to do it. And maybe Mayweather's saying, hey, all right, fine. I don't need you. And maybe now you'll get McGregor to see all this stuff. He'll get a little jealous. He'll see where the money's at with a Mayweather rematch. And they'll do it again. I do think that both of those guys have each other on their minds with their next moves. But it's interesting to see. I, I didn't. I never heard the rumor of this coming out. You just saw the press conference yesterday uh, where Mayweather's going to have this fight against this 20-year-old Japanese kid. And I, I'm just telling you, the only thing that I know, even though it's not factually out there, the only thing that I know is that this will be a boxing match. There's no way Mayweather will do a kickboxing fight against this kid because Mayweather will get and he might die. Like, he might get murdered in there if he lets this kid throw kicks at him. This kid's that good with the kicks. With just punching? Just boxing? Eh, I think there's some holes to that fighting. I think Mayweather might expose him a little bit in a long fight like he exposed McGregor in a long, drawn-out boxing match in a point-based system where Mayweather knows he's not going to knock him out, but he's going to win the fight the way he usually does in a not very exciting fashion. That's the way it's going to go down. That's the only way Mayweather wants it to go down. And so that's the only way they'll fight.
But that's some news in the fight game. And uh, even though I did not watch the Dan Cormier fight, Cormier with another win. Did anybody think he was going to lose this weekend? I think the biggest story was after the fight, as Cormier standing there with both titles over his shoulders, in awe of his own picture on the big screen with those belts over his shoulders. I think that the biggest news with that is that Cormier called out Brock Lesnar again and didn't just call out Brock Lesnar. He said, Brock, when you come to fight me in the UFC, I want you to bring that WWE Universal Championship because I'd like to be the the WWE Champion as well. (laughs) Now, Dan Cormier is a big WWE fan. He is a big wrestling fan. And... Brock Lesnar is actually back in WWE, even though it's been rumored that he's going to fight Dan Cormier in UFC. And I think it's more than a rumor at this point, because you saw Brock Lesnar storm into the octagon after Dan Cormier's previous fight. Not this one this weekend, but the one before. And so they're going to go at it in an octagon. Brock Lesnar versus... Dan Cormier. And I've told you all along, I don't need to go over the, the, the details of the theory anymore. You know it's a fact by now and not just my opinion. Dana White and Vince McMahon are in cahoots. They're in cahoots. And they'd be stupid not to be. Would I be shocked if Brock Lesnar actually had Paul Heyman walk to the octagon with him holding his Universal Championship? I would not be shocked by that. I would not. I would absolutely not be shocked. Would I be shocked if after they fought in UFC, Dana White, you know, returned the favor to Vince McMahon and let Dan Cormier fight Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship at next year's WrestleMania at MetLife, would I be shocked to see that? No, I wouldn't. In fact, I'd actually put my money on that happening. I would. I'd put my money on that happening. And and so that's why I've never ruled out Conor McGregor going WWE. I've never ruled that out, right? So uh, you got the UFC WWE storyline again. And and WWE had a big event over the weekend. I told you I was going to close out the show with that, so here we go. They had a huge event in Saudi Arabia called Crown Jewel. And, you know, it's basically, it was marketed as a pay-per-view, a major event. There were some issues with it, though. And the biggest issue being the fact that a lot of people here in the U.S. questioning WWE for continuing to go through with this show in Saudi Arabia right after there have been all these accusations that the Saudi government just killed a journalist. So this is a story that's been in the news, and yet WWE, who they have a contract with Saudi Arabia. I think, is it a 10-year deal? They've already done one major event, and now this Crown Jewel was their second major event at these huge arenas they have out there. And WWE, even with this story in the news, they say, you know what? We have a contract. It's a moneymaker for us. We're still going to go over there and, and put on the show. So it was a controversial decision to continue with this show, Crown Jewel, which is being marketed as one of these pay-per-view events with superstars involved, Shawn Michaels and Triple H, D-Generation X returns to fight against Kane and The Undertaker, DX versus the Brothers of Destruction, right? Yeah, Brock Lesnar involved. But um, 
So WWE goes and does the show. Here's the problem. John Cena and Daniel Bryan, two of the biggest names in the industry, they say we're not going. They don't go. And they're in the storylines. They're supposed to be in matches. They say we're not going. So they don't go. So WWE has to change some storylines. And then, of course, you have the whole Roman Reigns situation, which is just awful news. Roman Reigns, who is battling leukemia, I guess he's been battling it his whole life. Uh, it is back, and he has to take some time off now to battle it again. So you hope he will be able to recover. But, you know, that's a situation that WWE's dealing with. So he was the champ. Roman Reigns was their top dog. He's their universal champ. They had to take the belt away from him. He was supposed to be in the main event to go along with the controversy of going to Saudi Arabia to also go along with the fact that they had Hulk Hogan return. <laughs> officially gets in the ring with a microphone. And I think we all know about the Hulk Hogan situation. They reinstated him into the Hall of Fame after a three-year absence or something like that. What was the suspension? Um, Hulk Hogan just turned out that he was a vicious racist. And, uh, you know, they suspended him. They brought him back. And this is the first event he's going to speak at. I think it's controversial in itself that Hulk Hogan, they even let him return at all. So, I mean, WWE... In kind of a weird spot with all of this stuff, with some of the bigger names in the industry, and uh, they put on the show, I didn't watch it, but Brock Lesnar now wins back the Universal Championship, and he beats Braun Strowman, so now you do have Brock Lesnar as the top dog once again, and he'll be fighting in UFC, will he have the WWE Universal Championship? I don't know, I don't know where they're going to go. But then they had DX versus Brothers of Destruction, as I mentioned. And those guys are all just too old. Triple H tore his pectoral muscle. That's what they're telling us, at least. They actually allowed Shawn Michaels to return and wrestle as a bald dude. Shawn Michaels, who used to have this... Now, I know Triple H used to have this long hair as well. But, I mean, Shawn Michaels was the heartbreak kid. I mean, Shawn Michaels... I tweeted this out. Shawn Michaels became a star in a barbershop. Remember, he super kicked Monty Gennetti? His partner with the Rockers... And then he smashed his face through a glass window in Brutus the Baba Beefcake's barber shop. <laughs> so you get your, you make a name for yourself in a barber shop. And now, years later, you're returning with a bald head. I can't, it's tough to watch. It's tough to watch. As a huge Shawn Michaels fan, that is tough to watch. Okay? Um, like, just bicked his head. It's over. No more hair coming back with Shawn Michaels. Tough to watch. Those guys are old as dust. It's all tough to watch. And uh, WWE now, they get ready for Survivor Series in a few weeks. I'm hoping that we can get Justin Barrasso from Sports Illustrated, who is SI.com's pro wrestling insider. I'm hoping we can get him in studio next week to preview Survivor Series and to talk all things professional wrestling because, as you know, I also pay attention to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Chris Jericho's over there. He has a title over there. I think you have a unique wrestling storyline right now that has a group called the Bullet Club and a group of popular wrestlers in the Bullet Club who have taken themselves out of the Bullet Club to call themselves the Elite. And, and they, they were called the Elite before, but now they're officially, they're making it official, saying we're no longer Bullet Club, we're the Elite. And a lot of people speculating that they're doing this because... They can't bring Bullet Club to WWE. They, they can't do it. 
if they could have done it, we would have already seen it. We've seen several Bullet Club members make the jump to WWE. Finn Balor, right? you got Gallows and Anderson. Um, you have, who else? AJ Styles, right? I feel like there's someone else. Am I missing someone? Um, put it this way. They, they can't bring the Bullet Club name to WWE. Can they bring the Elite? Maybe. If they own that the rights to that name and WWE lets them, I don't think they own the rights to Bullet Club, right? So uh, maybe that I, th- there are rumors that that's the, the reason they're making that change. And if those guys are jumping to WWE, that is an exciting time for the business. Maybe they're just trolling everybody, though. It's possible. It is possible that they're just trolling everybody with that. But we'll see. I'll ask Justin Barrasso. Hopefully, we can get him in studio. I try to get him in studio before every major pay-per-view in WWE. And when I say major, I mean like the four majors. The original four majors. Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. Right? I think we've been pretty good with this the last couple of years. So, hopefully, he can jump on and jump in studio with me uh, before Survivor Series in a couple of weeks. And I'll ask him about all this stuff. Crown Jewel. Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, even get into the Dan Cormier stuff. Uh, is Shawn Michaels going to fight again? Uh, what's up with Hulk Hogan? And um, also, what's going to happen with the Bullet Club, or as they're now called, the Elite? Where are they going? Where are the Young Bucks? Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, Hangman Page. Where are these guys going? Um, we'll see. Hopefully I can get Justin Barrasso in studio. But... For right now, that's all we got. I'm here every Monday and Thursday. I'll be back Thursday to make my picks for week number 10 in the NFL and also react to any other storyline in the sports world that we see. Before you know it, uh, we will have, before you know it, it's going to be Christmas. Before you know it, we're going to have playoff football. But until then, some other stuff should break some baseball news, even some NBA and NHL storylines that we might want to follow as those seasons continue on. But uh, get this show whenever you want. In the meantime, at dannypicard.com, also on Podcast One, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, you can get it. Follow me on all forms of social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Enjoy the rest of your week. I am out. Talk to you again on Thursday. <laughs>